Hi, everybody, and welcome to Discussions on Christianity with your host, Adam Hobbs. And today with me, I have Debbie Hobbs, actually my aunt, who spent six years over in Uganda with the Internet... Uh, what was the name of the organization again? International Justice Mission. International Justice Mission. I knew I was going to get that messed up, but it's okay. <laughs> but, IJF. Yep. Yes. And we're just here to talk to Debbie um, and t get her experiences out there and see what it was really like out there in the field in Uganda and some of the things that she had to deal with while out there. So Great. what would you say would be the biggest thing that you had to deal with while overseas? Oh, goodness. Good question. Big question. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so I think as with anything, when you when you step into a new culture, mm -hmm. it's really learning, you know, learning more about that culture and how to be effective in that culture. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. And, um, and what works and what doesn't work in terms of the style. I went after I had worked for 30 years. And so um, yeah. a lot of the things that I used every day, you know, in terms of my style, just did not work there at all. And so I had to sort of reconfigure how I went about doing work and how I went about interacting with people because there's a big difference between New York City oh, yeah. and Uganda. <laughs> yeah. Or even just in general, the United States, like the mindset that we have here versus anywhere else, like pick a location in the world, each has its own mindset. That's correct. That's correct. Even even from the East Coast to the West Coast. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. North, South, you can name all of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, one of the things I had to learn how to do was to slow down. Mm -hmm. And to have conversation with people first yep. before getting into what it was I wanted to really talk about. I was so used to working in New York City where everything's very fast and you just walk into someone's office and go, hey, where is that? Right? And yeah. you can't do another culture, right? <laughs> and then the other thing is um, there's such a thing as Africa time, mm -hmm. which is its own time and so trying to get things done on a timeline when you have donor money that you need to expend in a certain time frame yeah and trying to get vendors to really work with you to mm -hmm. get everything delivered and installed by that time is it, that was quite a challenge but we worked it out yeah that's good yeah. stuff though what would you say some of the mindset differences were between like some of the Christian values that like we have here in the United States versus what they have over there too? Yeah, so um, the the nation itself um, calls itself you know a huge percentage of Christianity, mm -hmm. right? I forget what percentage it is, but yeah, large. it's very high. Percentage. Almost matching yeah. Brazil, you know. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So. So, but what you realize when you're there is, especially when you get out into the villages, mm -hmm. uh, they still have witch doctors. Mm -hmm. They still have, you know, shrines that you go in to work with the witch doctors on what you're trying to do and mm -hmm. what you want. And so 
um, they go along Christianity lines, but then all of a sudden, sometimes it kind of takes a left turn, and you find yourself in a territory that isn't at all what we would consider to be Christianity. Exactly. Right? Uh, well, yeah. that gets into a lot of like traditional thinking, especially traditional Western thinking, because yes. we go from like the Renaissance to the Industrial Era to scientific advancement, you know, mindset versus. Um, where you have the smaller villages, you're usually more in tune with the land, and you do have a more spiritual and more shamanistic style experience. That's so true. That's really true. And so um, while I didn't get to interact with the villagers too much because I didn't speak the language, mm -hmm. um, you know, most of the most of the staff that I worked with were actually Ugandans. Mm -hmm. Um, there are only a few expat staff, so the majority were Ugandans. So I would get a lot of my information, you know, from them as translated, you know, from yeah. some of the villagers and things. So, um, and then uh, one of the interns and I used to go to an, a Ugandan church there. Mm -hmm. they were There were a couple of other white people, but we were pretty much the only white people in the church. But we had friends who went there and were in the worship band, and so... Mm -hmm. Um, we never felt uncomfortable at all. And, um, but occasionally the pastor would get onto sort of what we call that prosperity gospel. And we mm -hmm. would look at each other and we would just get out our, our phones with our Bible app or something, you know, and just read <laughs> something else while he was off on that tangent, you know, but most of the time they were pretty, pretty good. And, um, you know, a lot of the people that I worked with and associated with were um, educated, you know, like mm -hmm. college educated and um, very, very bright, knowledgeable people and um, and sort of a like the older generations had. I'm going to generalize. I hate to do that, but I'm going to generalize yeah. some the older generations had a few more anomalies sort of built into everything, whereas the younger generations were a little truer to Christianity as we know it. Gotcha. If that makes any sense. And I think because of the internet and colleges and, you know, just yeah. having as, attended that kind of Yeah, thing. as the world has become more um, connected, we'll say, it's the yes. information is easier to flow. Yes. What would yes. be um, some of the irregularities that you were talking about in the older population? So there's still um, there's still they still have co-wives. Ah, gotcha. And so yeah, and so they'll have multiple wives. They'll have one that is sort of the legal wife, maybe mm -hmm. uh, whether it's whether it's truly legal through like the civil ceremony or the church ceremony or what they call a traditional ceremony where um, you go to the bride's house, the groom and his entourage get go to the bride's house and you put on this party and you bring gifts. Yeah. Really, it's a, bri it's a bride price, right? Yeah. And you bring all of that and you have a letter from the father allowing you to had this traditional wedding to their daughter and that's what serves as the evidence that and the photos of the wedding yeah um serve as the evidence. interesting yeah. uh before our social security numbers 
um, which was yeah. invented in the early 1900s, uh, your form of identification, if you needed to prove it in court or anything like that, was you had your family Bible, and when a child was born, you wrote their name into it. You brought the family Bible, and if your name was in there, there's your identification. That's so interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yep. So cool. Yeah, so so the, the multiple wives things is still in existence, and um, but a lot of the, as I said, a lot of the more educated and younger Christians are doing, you know, single wife monogamy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's really hey, it's good hard to enough say. to it's hard enough to keep one wife happy. So we'll just stay at that. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that that's one of the things that's that was a bit different, you know. Um, and uh, and again, some of the um, beliefs about some of the be- beliefs that might bring in some kind of mythical or mystical aspect mm-hmm. to getting what it is that you are praying for. Yeah. I've always been very interested in the mystical aspects. But yeah. a lot of Western Christianity does not like to look into those kind of things. No, no, <laughs> it doesn't. Um, unless, unless you're talking about, um, uh, you know, all the things on the spiritual realm, mm-hmm. all the supernatural on the spiritual realm that many of us believe in very well, you know, yeah. so you can kind of, some people balk at even some of that, you know, yeah. you start talking about, um, you start talking about the enemy, you know, and yeah. uh, demonic forces and people get a little nervous. <laughs> so now again, this is this is statistics, so everybody can lie on statistics. But I saw right. a, a poll the other day. Don't again, don't know how accurate this is. That um, it was like forty nine percent of Christians still believe in miracles, and I huh? thought that was insanely low, in my that personal opinion, because I. It, if you are to believe the story of Jesus and his death and resurrection, then you should also believe that he did the miracles. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and it's kind of, and it's kind of how do you separate those two? Yeah, well, the fact that, I mean, just the resurrection itself is the biggest miracle, you mm-hmm. know, right? It's like the, the, the birth, the fact that God came down mm-hmm. from heaven, you know, and walked among us, and then... And then raised from the dead, you know, like you start thinking about those things and you're like, those are the biggest miracles at all, of all. And I mean, that still happens today if you Mm -hmm. have your hope in Jesus, you know. If you look in the right places, you can find many places where miracles are occurring. Yeah. Um, They're just very few and far between. And I think that... um, yeah, it depends on what you call a miracle, maybe, also. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, you know, I believe God can do anything. Mm-hmm. Anything, right? Will he choose to? That's the question. We don't know, mm-hmm. right? That's the question. Will he choose to, or how will he choose to? Mm-hmm. You know, we look at some of the healings, right? And we look at all the advancements in science and the medical field, mm-hmm. and and you think, well, maybe there don't have to be as many God intervention miracles because 
he's given that knowledge mm -hmm. to the doctors and they're able to do it, right? Yeah. So, and I mean, I, I completely believe in medicine and, yeah. and that, that that came from God too, mm -hmm. you know? He gave us all of the things that we have now. So yes, exactly. to disqualify one over the other seems foolish. I, I would agree with you. Yeah, it's also I cool. Um, some of the cutting edge healing, especially in the healing field, is dealing with um, electromagnetic sound waves, uh, acoustic therapy, and yeah. things that are utilizing the internal structure of the body to heal itself. So yeah. a lot of the things, especially when we read in the New Testament of these things, there is usually a vocal word that is spoken to the person. So there is an acoustic wave that is given to the person. So if you look into it, it's very, um, very interesting, in my opinion. I think so, too. I'm fascinated and also love to talk to you more about that sometime. Hey, yeah. no problem. I'm always open yeah. for discussions. Yeah, yeah, love that. Yeah. Oh, let's get back a little bit more to your ministry and what you were doing over there in Africa, so I don't get too far off subject. <laughs> so, what was the what was your normal work like there? Uh, normal work day. Normal. I'm sorry, work... I asked that again. You froze up. Oh, what was your normal work like there? Your average work day, work week. Um, tell us about what you were doing over there and the ministry that you were helping out with. Sure. I went, in the beginning, for the first two years, I went as a fellow, mm -hmm. and which means that you have a job, you have a full-time job, but you raise your own support or you pay your own way, you know, mm -hmm. it's not a paid position, and, um, and so um, you, uh, our workday started with a half hour of stillness every morning, mm -hmm. and this is donor-funded, so donors paid for us to have a half hour of stillness every morning, and a half hour of devotions, corporate devotions and prayer. Nice. And yeah, every morning that's how we started. And so, and then people went off to the field. And if you needed to go sooner than that, say you had a court case or something, then you went sooner. But, you mm -hmm. know, most, most days you were able to participate in those two things many days out of the week. So Monday through Friday, eight to five, you know, hour for lunch, mm -hmm. typical work day. Um, and um, and the prayer was just so important, such an important part of the day, because you could get your prayer requests up on the board. We actually put them on a whiteboard mm -hmm. each day, and then prayed over them. And then every tiny, tiny success or victory we celebrated. Yeah. Often with sweets. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever works, you know. Yeah, exactly. But, um, but you know, because the work is hard, so the work was to protect the poor from violence. Yes. And in Uganda, we were working with widows who had their land stolen from them when their husbands died. So the day that a woman's husband dies, and a widow, as you know, in, in other cultures especially, yeah. um, and especially in one like Africa, um, a widow could be 16 or a widow could be 96. Yeah, it all you know, depends on like, the time of death. Absolutely. Yep. And so um, uh, she goes to his clan when they get married and, um, and lives on 
his clan's land in what's usually a, a matrimonial home. Mm-hmm. And she has rights to that, even though customarily no one really acknowledges that, or they may not even know about it. They may yeah. not even know the laws exist. And so to them, she's no longer welcome, you know? And so imagine today you're sitting with all your relatives for Sunday lunch. Tomorrow your husband dies and they're coming with machetes. Yeah. To um, cut you, cut down your crops, force you out, starve you, light your house on fire, like anything to get you to leave. And um, and they're like, you can leave the kids, but you go, and no mother's going to do that. You yeah. Know? And so, um, so what we did was um, we would hear about that kind of crime being committed. Mm-hmm. We would inv- we had investigators. Mm-hmm. who typically were ex-police, and they would go out and work with the police to investigate the crime. And then we had attorneys who would work with the prosecutors to build the case. And then we had um, aftercare workers yeah. who would work with the widow and her children to try to restore them to yeah. the health that they were in prior to being victimized. Yeah, because that's and just so, a terrible situation to be in. It is, and the downstream consequences were really terrible. So, um, so some of the downstream consequences were like within a year, she would typically end up with HIV or AIDS because she had to find some man to take care of her yeah. and her children. It's just the way that culture still runs, mm-hmm. you know. And um, and so a lot of the men are infected, and um, and she had to put up with that in order to get a roof over her head. Sometimes, um, one of the dependents would likely die, um, you know, just either for my whole host of reasons, but on and on, you know, the downstream consequences for her were really terrible. And so, um, in addition to doing that, we worked with the, the courts and the police and the local council leaders, who are the first people in the community to be notified when something has happened. Mm-hmm. It's like a local council, if you will, you know. Yeah. Um, we, we worked with all of them, as well as the community, to educate them about the crime mm-hmm. of property grabbing or land grabbing, to, that it is a crime. And we prosecuted and had convictions where before there were none. Nice. And so we tried to end impunity. Yeah. Because when you actually start putting some people in jail and you start, and the people there start seeing that there are consequences for the actions, the actions will eventually stop. That's exactly right. And anyone who's in the legal profession, we now believe strongly that um, prosecution is the way to stop crime. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And so, um, and, uh, and what we also know is that the poor are the ones who are violated. Yeah. Because, you know, they're just, they, they have no rights, really, in yeah. society. And they're the most vulnerable of our populations, usually. Yeah, that's, acro- that's across and, the board. Yeah, that's across the board. And so, you know, the, it's, it's a, another thing about, you know, ending poverty would mm-hmm. go a long way to end a lot of things. Yeah. You know? but, um, but so there... Um, so I worked, my first two years when I went, and I was volunteering, mm-hmm. I worked in the courts and with the police. 
primarily. So I was at the courthouse every day, again, the only white person there, you know, um, forgetting that that was the case, you know, you look out, like, you just forget after a while, and and then you realize that some of the villagers are staring because they've never even seen a white person before, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, you know, some of them don't have TV, they don't have any way of ever having that happen, you know, and unless they see someone come to their village, which is rare, yeah. um, they just haven't really seen a white person, especially up close and personal, you Yeah. Know? And the kids, they want to rub your skin and see mm-hmm. if maybe underneath of there you're the same color as they, you know, yeah. or something like that. You know, it's it's just really interesting. But um, we worked with the courts to try to put in some um, uh, computerization of their case management mm-hmm. system. We put in court recording. Before that, the magistrates would record every word that was said. So yeah. imagine the judge sitting up there as the one taking the notes. <laughs> you know? It's like, hold on right. a sec. Let, 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 let me, let me just. I, I'm, I'm catching up. I'll be right there. Just, hold, just, just yeah. shut up for a minute. <laughs> and then imagine this: that both police and courts are in English, but the yeah. villagers don't typically speak English. Mm, so they're okay. coming into a situation that's so foreign to them. They, they don't know what's going on to begin with, you mm-hmm. know. And here they're walking miles and miles to get there. There are like twelve adjournments on average per case, you mm-hmm. know, and they're back and forth. Oh, it's just abysmal. And so you know, we just tried to help walk alongside of all of these actors in the public justice system to um, to try to make it work for the poor. Yeah. Because bribery, bribery, yep. corruption yep. is really huge. Yeah. Well, ev- everywhere. <laughs> Yeah. And, and I mean, just to get your file open, your case opened, it's not supposed to cost you anything. And the clerk will tell you, you know, pay up or I'm not opening your case. Right. And these people are poor. They have no money. So they can't, they can't be heard if they can't actually have a court case. No. So a lot of, as I said, a lot of what we did is walk along beside all of these different players and especially the widow herself Mm -hmm. and the orphans, you know, walk them through court and what's going to happen and how to have it happen. And have somebody on their side during the legal proceedings and translate and that's right. An advocate for them. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then the, the second, um, after the first two years, I stayed four more years. So a Mm -hmm. total of six. And, I went on staff as the program manager mm-hmm. for the whole for the whole program and overseeing all the different interventions that we were trying to do throughout. Yeah, yeah a heavy so plate load. That, yeah, it was really cool though. I really loved it so much. Very rewarding stuff, probably too. It is, and it's hard work. You know, it's yeah. really hard work, and and. We did. We are a Christian organ. We're a Christian organization, but we helped everyone. We didn't help only Christians. You know, mm-hmm. we helped anyone who had the problem. And you just start to see how critical it is to have God move. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just so hard. The work is so hard to do without. I can't even imagine trying to do it without God. Yeah, can't even imagine. Yeah. 
Well, there wouldn't be much to imagine without that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Uh, Truly. Yeah, so does that give you a good idea? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to give a good impression for anybody that hears this and maybe wants to go help out over there. Yeah, there's so much need everywhere. Yeah. You know, there, there really so much is. Need. And each one there. of us have our own different ways of filling God's will and doing what we can to help others. Absolutely. And, you know, God put Africa on my heart. Someone talked to me about why there's so much need in the U.S. Why go to Africa? I'm like, well, there are plenty of people who God put the U.S. on their hearts to stay in their own backyard, you know? Yep. But mine, he happened to put Africa on mine, so off I went. You know? Absolutely. But, yeah, there's so much need everywhere you turn. Yeah. yeah we, we have a, word, a world full of it right now. But I'm working with an organization right now called Mission Next mm-hmm. that um, tries to match up people who want to go on a mission mm-hmm. with organizations who have a need for someone. Nice. And so I'm assuming uh, if you want to just say out their website, you know, for anybody that wants to go check it out. Sure. Thanks. Mm -hmm. It's called missionnext.org. And one word, mission next. And you go on and fill out a profile of what you're interested in and how long you can serve. And that they have short term and long term. They have things domestic and foreign, um, lots of different fields of service. And so you go on and fill out your interests and then submit that. And within maybe an hour, you'll have back matches. Nice. That's, uh, a, that's a great ministry, though. Organizations who have jobs and what those jobs might be. And then it's up to you to contact them or they get your information as well. So they can also reach out and contact you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, yeah, really good thing of uh, connecting people together that need to be connected. That's correct. That's yeah. absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. And some people don't know how to go about it. They want to do something, but they have no idea how to mm-hmm. go about it. They're not affiliated with anyone. So this is a really great way of trying to. Yeah, especially because a lot of people, especially in the United States, you know, from my own personal experience, the only things that you ever hear mission trip wise might be in your own church. And they'll That's say, correct. OK, well, we're going to X place and we're going to be doing it in six months time. Raise your money now and. Come on yep. here, and it's like, well, there are millions of opportunities out there, and there are. that that there place really over are. in X might not fit that person in that church, but it might be over here Y that you can do really well. That's correct. That's absolutely correct. And we're all called to, uh, you know, the Great Commission to send people out, right, mm-hmm. and uh, to go to the unreached peoples, and so it's it's. It's another way of getting out there and then having an ability while you're doing whatever it is you're doing mm-hmm. to then reach others. Yeah. yeah. No, that's really good stuff. Yeah, great. I'm sure they keep you busy anyways. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. How many yeah. people are in the organization, uh, if you don't mind me asking? I think there are around 50. Okay. And everyone's a volunteer. Mm-hmm. Except a couple of accountants, I believe. Gotcha. You got you got to have your CPAs, you know. Yeah. 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 
and um, but uh, everyone else is a volunteer and um, either uh, you know pays for themselves or raises support to help pay for themselves through this yeah. ministry. No, that's really good stuff, though. Yeah, it's it's um, it's fun. I'm learning a lot and working with amazing people. Mm-hmm. No, I'm really glad that you're getting to do it too. Good stuff. Well, thank you for your time and letting me uh, get to chat with you a little bit about your what you got to do over in Africa and your ministry now. That's awesome stuff. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for giving me a shout-out, letting me give a shout-out to what I'm doing. Yeah. No problem at all. And just for everyone out there again, it is the International Justice Ministry, IJM. And Justice Mich Mission. Yes. Justice Mission. Justice oh. Mission. Yes. <laughs> Got it wrong again. Yes. It's okay. <laughs> Look them up. They have lots of um, opportunities for interns and fellows mm -hmm. to help them. And also Mission Next. Mission Next. Absolutely. All right. Hope you all are having Thanks, a wonderful Adam. out there. And everybody, have a blessed day.